join me, Christine Weinbrenner Eirich, for soulful conversations with my community of travelers, exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe. We might all agree that we are missing travel right now. These conversations highlight what tourism really means for the world. Soul of Travel honors the passion and dedication of the people making a positive impact in tourism. In each episode, you'll hear the story of industry professionals and seasoned travelers who know travel is more than a vacation. It is an opportunity for personal awareness and it is a vehicle for change. We are thought leaders, action takers, and heart-centered change makers. This is the soul of travel. Today I'm speaking with Samantha Bray, Managing Director of the Center for Responsible Travel, also known as CREST, and the Vice Chair for the Future of Tourism Coalition. She believes travel has the incredible power to shape people and places for better or for worse. Our tourism education was both founded in sustainability as we graduated from the George Washington University, completing their Master of Tourism Administration program. This vast and nuanced industry is her passion. She works to help destinations and companies use tourism as a tool to sustain and enhance their culture, environments, economies, and well-being of residents. In our conversation, we talk about what sustainable travel is and how it can create a positive impact and how you as a traveler or industry professional can bring more sustainable practices to your travels. I always get excited to reconnect on this topic with someone who is also so passionate about the value of travel as a tool for change. Join me now for my soulful conversation with Samantha Bray. Welcome to Soul of Travel. I'm really happy to be sitting down today with Samantha Bray and talk about sustainability, which has been a passion of mine for a long time. We were just talking a little before we jumped on here about the uniqueness of of that. And she is the managing director of the Center for Responsible Travel, which is also known as CREST. Um, Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, I would like to turn it over to you for a moment to just uh, introduce yourself and talk a little bit about your role at Crest and what you do. Thank you, Christine. It's such a pleasure to be here with you today, especially during um, International Women's Day week. Uh, Very exciting to have this conversation. Um, I've been with Crest for a little over seven years now. Um, A little bit of background about me. I grew up in very rural farm country in Missouri um, and was very fortunate to stumble upon geotourism as a program when I went to college at Missouri State University. Um, That program was started by the founder of the National Geographic Center for Sustainable Destinations, Jonathan Tortolo, and he came and spoke at my university and I learned about this idea of geotourism. and understood that communities could be supported uh, and the unique qualities that make them a great place to live can be supported by tourism um, kind of on their own terms. And it could be a way that rural communities uh, could really thrive, especially at a time when their industries were being replaced. And so that's what really interested me most about getting into tourism, coming from a small community myself. Um, So then I had the opportunity to go on to George Washington University to do the Master of Tourism Administration program there and learned about this whole wide world of sustainable tourism, responsible tourism, all of these really incredible initiatives that are going on uh, and came into um, Crest right after that, that program and had the immense privilege of working under Dr. Martha Honey, who was one of the thought leaders that really got ecotourism, the concept of ecotourism off the ground you know, through her work as a journalist in the, in the 70s and 80s, and then founded Crest in 2003. So I had the opportunity to work with Martha from 2013 to her retirement in 2019. And I started kind of, you know, the very um, 
the very lowest end of the totem pole in terms of what I um, was doing on a daily basis, just in terms of supporting everything that there was to to support. I mean, Crest has always um, punched far above its weight uh, in terms of the amount of um, impactful work we're able to do. And I was really lucky to be able to get my hands on a bunch of different things and learn about a lot of different topics. And over the years, I've worked my way up from being a program associate, uh, starting out to now uh, being the managing director. And I live in Charleston, South Carolina, and I've worked remotely for Crest for almost five years now. So um, it's been a really uh, great way to to spend uh, seven years so far, and I'm looking forward to to more. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing how you found tourism. I think um, everyone has such a unique journey just in that connection. And um, I love that. I also, I grew up in rural Montana, so we have kind of a similar backstory. And um, my first kind of connection to tourism as like a career option or, um, you know, something that could be more than, you know, just taking vacations, like actually understanding it could be something um, our, the University of Montana has a tourism section in their forestry program. And so kind of like you, it's, it was a different take on tourism. It was much more about conservation and, um, you know, protecting the environment, how could tourism be, be used as a tool for this. And uh, that was really my first introduction. And um, I went on to have uh, a degree in sociology and that added to that, like I kind of was looking at tourism through a sociology lens and then also went to George Washington University and focused on sustainable destination management. And um, it just, it really shaped what it meant for me. And one of my first jobs was also with um, kind of a more responsible tourism company um, before I even got my master's. And that's when I really knew when I saw it in action and in practice, I was like, this is it. Like this is, this takes my love of people and planet and travel and storytelling and conservation and puts it all in one package that really makes sense. And it was just, it was incredible. And then to connect with other people like yourself that see the world through that lens, it just was like this giant aha moment. And then not only to be so personally rewarding, but to really feel like okay, I can finally do something that creates a positive impact in the world, which is what I really wanted to do in the first place. Um, it was such such a, a powerful experience. So I'm hoping that anyone listening today to this conversation um, that has been seeking any of those things or has felt like there might be a better career path for them and they've just been curious about what else exists in travel, that this is a really um, a fun segment of the industry to be in. And I also think um, moving forward going to be one of the most important pieces of the tourism puzzle. Absolutely, absolutely. And you said, you know, you referenced fun, travel being fun, which fundamentally that's what that's what travel is meant to be. But I think there's been a misconception that that, may, that means it's simple or it's easy or that there's not a lot of planning and thought and management that needs to go into creating a successful, sustainable tourism, you know, destination or business or whatever it is. And it's so interesting working in this field because it is so interdisciplinary and so multi-sector. So the work we get to do on a daily basis, as you alluded to, you know, might be working on a conservation issue or it might be working on food waste, how to reduce food waste um, as that connects to climate change, or it might be reducing emissions um, through energy use, or it might be connecting um, with a different culture. So there are just so many different facets to this and being able to study this topic every day and all of these things that just make the world an exciting place to live, but also just have immense problems that need to be solved is, is really rewarding to get to be a part of that movement. Yeah, I agree. It's just, it's for someone who has an unending passion for education and learning, like this is such a good place because it just, the minute you think you understand it, it changes as well. And so there's something else to learn and continue to, to work into. 
Um, I want to start to break down um, responsible tourism and sustainable tourism for people that maybe aren't familiar with those terms. Um, I guess maybe just starting with your working definition of some of those sustainable travel, responsible travel, ecotourism, and what they mean and, and what they mean in your profession as well in, in, your, in this position. Absolutely. So there are a number of terms that all relate to ethical travel, you know, that conserves and protects environments, um, cultures, is good for the people, um, leaves more money behind in the economy of the destination. And different labels have been put on this type of travel over the years, a lot of different labels. Um, and they all more or less mean the same thing. Like we're all working towards the same goals. You know, um, people, planet, and profit are the three stool or the three legs of the stool that we are, are always considering and all of the work that we do at Crest. And those are the three components that go into uh, balancing a sustainable tourism industry. Um, so I view sustainable tourism as the state that we desire. So we're working towards that state. We're making decisions to get us towards a point of sustainability. Um, when it comes to responsible travel, we view it as these are the actions that you can take to ensure that you're maximizing those positive be benefits and minimizing the negative impacts. So the, the short of it is the terms are used by most people interchangeably, and that's fine. Um, whatever term resonates with you, whatever particular definition, you know, hits you in the heart the most and makes you most motivated to do this type of eth ethical travel that's good for people and the planet, um, more power to you. Um, I think that as an industry, we've become a little bit too fragmented in terms of the terminology that we use. And I think a lot of energy is spent on breaking down the differences between the terms. And that's not really important. I mean, what's important is the heart of the matter. And I think all of the organizations that are working towards this end of making sure that places, um, that communities are able to survive and are able to thrive and that their ecosystems and that their culture and that their economies are able to um, not only survive, but to thrive. Uh, I think that's that's the fundamental um, purpose behind it. But when it comes down to, you know, the definitions themselves, I would say that sustainability is the state that we are trying to achieve, whereas responsible travel is the means to get there, if that if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that absolutely makes sense. And I, I love the idea of kind of giving permission to not worry too much about the definitions and just know, especially as a traveler, if you want to travel more consciously, um, to just know what you want out of travel and look for people that are providing that. But then also to understand that um, there are certain things that go into um, being certified to be able to provide those experiences or being, you know, uh, making sure the tour operator is actually giving you what you're asking for and not just telling you that it is uh, impactful travel or green travel or whatever, again, whatever label they're putting on it, you, there's um, the knowing what you want and then making sure you're getting what you want piece to this, to this um, segment as well. One of the things that got me really excited when I started studying sustainable um, sustainability and travel is looking at, and you kind of mentioned the environmental, social, and economic um, pillars of this. And I love that it's multifaceted, that for me, because I have my sociology background, like bringing that piece of the puzzle in and then really connecting with the community and making sure that when you're there, you're using travel as a way to protect the culture and the environment while creating an economic impact. And I would just love for you to, to spend some time talking about how those pieces work together and how that really does create a, an impact through travel. Yeah, absolutely. So we refer to um, people, planet, and profit is the easiest way to remember it. We refer to this as the triple bottom line. Um, so this is considering these three pillars and that they all need to be in balance in order for the destination or the experience or whatever it is to survive and thrive into the future for it to be something that is able to be there to be enjoyed in the future. And that the people who live there and depend on that environment <clears throat> 
are are able to make a living and to have a reason to continue protecting those very things that make the place special. Um, often when tourism is taken away, as we've seen a lot during COVID, destinations revert to more extractive practices. Um, but tourism itself can be very harmful if not done in a way that is thinking through these three pillars. So. Uh, what we what we really try to do at Crest uh, is to work with destinations work with to have this holistic viewpoint and help them understand that all three are connected. Um, the environment of the place obviously is very important to livelihoods, um, whether it be through tourism because people want to visit these beautiful biodiverse areas, these pristine areas that they want to see, or because they're using the land for whatever other purpose they might be using it for. If that land isn't there, if it's not protected, money won't be able to be spent to see it, you know, in perpetuity. And part of what we do at Crest is economic impact assessments and to help governments make decisions about policies that they're going to put in place. Um, so one of the things that we study and that the others have studied a lot as well is um, like hunting versus viewing when it comes to wildlife. If an animal is killed, that takes away all of the power to make funds, you know, make money from that animal being alive. Whereas if wildlife viewing exists, you can make money over time from that same animal being able to be viewed. So that's just one example, um, but protecting those environmental um, assets that a place has really provides for the livelihoods. And the same goes for the social aspects of a place and the cultural aspects. Um, tourism can provide an incentive for the cultural heritage, the aesthetics of a place to be protected. Um, I live in Charleston, South Carolina, for example, and many people visit Charleston because they want to see our historic downtown and they wanna see the preservation efforts that have gone into making historic Charleston what it is. And those those codes very easily could have been changed. The, the city could have chosen you know, not to uphold a certain aesthetic that they felt was important to maintain the aesthetic integrity of historic downtown Charleston. And I think decisions like that are made every day in terms of, you know, zoning and building codes and, and things like that, that you don't necessarily equate with tourism, but protecting the very things that make a place special are what enable you to, to have a tourism industry, essentially. So all three are very much uh, intertwined. And when it comes to the social components, if a community isn't supported, then a community is not going to be in a good place to receive tourism. Um, it's a pretty simple, um, uh, it's a pretty simple concept, I think, in that if a place is well supported and the people are able to thrive, then the tourism industry will be much better able to integrate in that community and have a positive experience. And there can be more of a symbiotic, virtuous circle relationship rather than a give and take. And I think pre-COVID, we were really starting to see an imbalance. And there was a lot of tension between communities and the tourism industry because tourism was seen as very extractive, you know, exploiting the things that make a place special. Whereas the community didn't necessarily feel like they had much of a say in how that tourism was developing. So I think coming out of COVID, one of the positive things we're hoping to see is a much closer relationship between communities and tourism policies and, and management practices that are put in place so that those communities really can be supported and integrated into the tourism experience. I, I know I've had the fortune of, of traveling when that has been in process in a community where they're actually actively trying to petition the government or work with the government because for instance, they were looking at bringing in a cruise port into a really small community where they really didn't even have the infrastructure to support like the foot based tourism that was coming to that community in terms of clean water and garbage disposal and, you know, sewage and, and all of those things. And they knew that it was going to be detrimental to be able to receive that number of people on a daily basis. But then the lure of the financial gain to the government is something, and it just creates a lot of tension, like you're saying. And 
if there isn't an educational component component to it. Um, and then also you look at that, the harm to the reef where people were gonna be diving, coming in much larger numbers all of a sudden and can, can the environment even sustain that? And then all of a sudden, if you don't have the reef where are the travelers gonna go and they aren't gonna wanna come back. And um, yeah, so it's just, it is so interwoven and it's really important to understand that. And I also, like I said, just think so, so fun to think about the way all these things work together and how we can kind of uh, work with all those sections to create balance. And it's not like there has to just be one answer. It's like, okay, well, we can play with this portion and then how does that support this portion? And then you bring this into place and then all of a sudden kind of the magic happens. Um, you also mentioned kind of the pre-COVID and post-COVID conversations, and I was wondering um, how has the conversation around sustainability changed during the pandemic? Um, in, in my eyes, it seems like this is the perfect moment for this to become mainstream and not a niche, um, that when we've kind of had this pause, we've seen how the climate and the environment and areas have responded. And some of it has been negative, obviously due to the loss of the financial um, benefits of tourism, but the a lot of the environmental and social are really rebounding. And I'm just wondering what you're seeing in terms of um, conversations that are coming out of this, both from a professional and a travel-based consumer side. Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and I would direct you to our um, 2020 case for responsible travel trends and statistics report. If anyone's interested in in reading it, it's a free resource available on our website, responsibletravel.org. But we really dig into lessons learned from COVID-19 for tourism in a changing climate. Um, tourism in a changing climate was our theme last year. Um, this year, it's tourism in a climate crisis. We've carried through this theme to this year. Um, but I think there are, are so many different things at play right now. Um, on one hand, we are seeing a lot a lot more destinations kind of waking up to, to this issue and that sustainability needs to be integrated into their planning and that they need to get better at engaging stakeholders in the full process because that's where a lot of the issues have come from is that the people who live in a, in a place were not included in the decisions that were made about how their home was going to be shared with others. So I think there has been an uptick in that and I've seen a lot of interest in collaboration. Um, Crest has been, um, ha has been working very closely with our partners in this space and we formed what's called the Future of Tourism Coalition. And there are six different mission-based global tourism nonprofits um, that are working together um, to basically pool our resources because we're all small shops. We're all working towards similar outcomes for sustainable and responsible tourism. But we've realized that not enough has been done up until this point. And our voices unified can speak a lot more loudly together. And we can pool our knowledge and pool those skills that we have and really help these destinations and companies that are, are yearning for what do we do? Tell us how to move forward. Help us. Help us with resources. They're they're asking for this all the time. Um, we've developed 13 guiding principles for a new future of tourism together, and we have over 500 signatories to these guiding principles now. And we're working on building a community platform where companies and destinations and tourism stakeholders um, of all of all sectors are able to share these resources and help each other. And I think the collaborative, um, the collaborative spirit that we're seeing now is definitely more than it was pre-COVID. Um, these, these stakeholders are realizing that there's, there are lessons to learn from each other and that they can help each other. And it's kind of a rising tide floats all boats situation here because the very industry that we all rely upon is, is at stake at this point. Um, we could go a few different routes after COVID. And I think, one, the snapback tendency is going to be very real. And I think there are a lot of destinations and a lot of companies that will snap back and try to get back to exactly how things were before COVID because they don't see another 
path and they're in such dire straits that that is, that's the only option that they see. And I think that's unfortunate. And I think that it's, it's on the rest of us, you know, to help them. And I think consumers also will play a role in that because as you said, we're, we're all eager to get back out there. And I think travelers are going to be pretty, um, a segment of travelers are going to be very discerning about the types of experiences they want. And I think we've all sort of woken up to, oh my goodness, like this is not a finite resource. We can't go everywhere. Any, anytime we want to go everywhere, we need to be really intentional about these choices that we're making and where we're choosing to go and how we're voting with our dollars. Um, so I think that there will be a segment of the traveling public that is, you know, really excited to dive right into the sustainable and responsible tourism um, sectors when before they weren't necessarily as, as eager to do that. But I think a big lesson learned that we saw at Crest coming out of all of the 2020 research we did is that carbon emissions didn't drop the way we all expected them to drop during COVID. I mean, with the complete cessation of travel, we were thinking, oh my goodness, you know, this is going to be so great for, for the environment and carbon emissions are going to go way down. And they didn't, like it's barely a blip. And so all of these efforts we're making when it comes to climate change aren't enough. So if that isn't a wake up call, I don't know what is. And so the collaboration that we're seeing um, is just really phenomenal. And there's, there's, this realization that, oh my goodness, we, we need to do something now and we need to figure this out. And, and I think it's happening. It's, um, it's been a slow process, but what I'm seeing is really positive. And I think, I think we're getting there. I love so much the picture that you're painting of um, collaboration in this time, because um, I feel like that's something that has always been kind of unique to the the more conscious segments of travel that there has been some sense of unity but that's that's really where soul of travel was born out of that kind of that mindset is that you know I had just launched my business I was celebrating my first anniversary lockdown happened canceled everything and I sat there feeling like what am I going to do like this is heartbreaking. And then, you know, there's so many around me sitting there feeling the same thing. And it, it just, everyone started coming together. It's like it did, it, it was, there was, if there was any like all for one or my business needs to thrive or any of that mindset, it just went out. It was like, how do we save tourism? How do we now make sure that our values are the values that are at the forefront of this industry instead of being like one row at the travel market when you go to a major trade show? Um, and that's why I wanted to have these conversations is so that again, like you were saying, as many voices could come together into one space offering their knowledge and hopefully as many travelers and other industry professionals can hear what everybody else is doing so that we can call on one another to help make this successful and more impactful in the future. So I am really excited about the future of Tourism Coalition. I think that's literally what it needs to be. Um, and I, I'm, I, I just, I really have such a greater sense of optimism than I would have thought being who I am, where I am at this point in, in history, in this industry. Like, I just feel like um, we, we have, like, there's just endless possibility about where we can go and the way people are coming together to think together. I think we're going to just see so much movement and growth um, come out of this space and time. I couldn't agree more. And I think destinations are realizing that sustainability isn't a separate thing. It's not like you have a sustainability department and you check the box. Like sustainability, making sure that your culture and your people and your environment are protected, that's your competitive advantage. And if you let those things be spoiled or degraded to where they don't offer, you know, the experience that people expect when coming to visit, you've lost, you know, your product, like 
protecting these things is your product. So it just makes sense. And I think, I think that destinations are starting to wake up to that. And I think companies are better understanding their role in this um, as well. And it's, it's so complicated. It's not a simple answer. So all these destinations that we work with, it's not like there's a one size fits all policy. Like, as you were saying, you know, you figure out this piece and then this piece comes into play and then you figure out how this piece slots in. That's very much how it is. So that's one of the reasons why we've come together as the Future of Tourism Coalition is because we've all worked with a lot of destinations and we've seen what's worked and what hasn't worked. And maybe we don't have a one size fits all model and we never will, but we certainly can share what has worked in some places and hasn't worked in others. And the basic you know, outline for here's how you would approach this problem because it's such a massive problem. It's really hard to figure out where to start and it's really intimidating. So breaking that down into bite-sized pieces, I think has been a really great outcome of you know this horrible time that we've all been through together. Yeah, um, we were both talking a little before we jumped on this call as well about the fact that we even have an education in sustainability and tourism and that it was something that didn't even exist. And, you know, we are both seeking out, but I, I feel like this is kind of similar to that is so many people were working in this area, but without kind of a a unified structure or like we're, we're all trying to throw <laughs> the same thing at the wall and getting the same results, but without communicating, we couldn't get through those hurdles. And so I, I think that it, it will be a really important time to, to just advance what yeah. we can do together. So I think that's, that's so amazing. I know we're, we're really talking a lot about impact and opportunity, and it's hard because we kind of are in this before and after time, but where do you really think that travel has the most opportunity for positive impact? What, um, what do you see is that is the potential that we're working towards when we, when we say we're working towards sustainable tourism? That's a really great question. Um, I mean, at its best travel, as I've said, you know, can protect the things that make a place what it is that make a place special. Um, so I think that's like the best outcome is that the place is able to thrive, the people are supported, and the travelers are able to engage in a meaningful way and learn from each other. I mean, you talk about travel being um, a form of education, and it absolutely is. It's, you know, the most fun way to be educated possible, but it also creates, you know, very real connections. And I think that until people experience something, until they see something with their own eyes, they aren't going to recognize what a big problem, what the, what the problem actually is, or that it, it actually is something that deserves their time and thought, and that maybe they should make some different decisions that have this impact way down the line that they didn't even realize. So I, I think that that's the biggest positive um, from travel and specifically sustainable and responsible travel is that it makes real the world in a way that watching something on TV or reading about it can never can never do. And it actually creates an emotional response for you. Um, and that can help you take lessons back and then do things in your daily life that are different. Um, I mean, COVID has been a really interesting time for, for me, obviously, like everyone else in this industry, I've been grounded and I've been in one place for longer than I've ever been in my life, but it's um, enabled me to make a lot of sustainable changes in my own daily life that have been really exciting and that I've been pushed to do because I've seen what I've seen, you know, out in the world and, and seeing the issues that are being dealt with that we don't see in our daily lives. So that would definitely be the biggest positive takeaway for me that that education in a way that that sticks. Yeah. And uh, as I was asking that question, I was really thinking it's is getting travelers invested in this process as well, because as an industry, we can create all of these structures and put them into place and work with destinations to create this. But if the travelers aren't invested in this experience and don't value this as a product and as a, as an outcome from the industry, then it, it really, it, it's not going to continue to move forward. And I, I also agree that like one, once you travel and you have that awareness and then you have a personal connection to it, it's so much easier than 
to continue to work towards that. And I was actually speaking with someone else about, you know, just getting rid of saying you have a sustainable travel program or transformational travel program and just having a travel program, because as someone looking to travel, you know, you might not be thinking about asking for those things and those actually might deter you from choosing that experience. Mm -hmm. But if you just know you want to travel, you know, to Vietnam, for instance, or some, and, and then you have these mindful experiences, you experience and are educated about sustainability and you see it in practice, you see things happening, then you're automatically, well, hopefully you're automatically going to ask for that the next time. And so like almost sneaking in the education and sneaking in the impact. (laughs) Um, But I really do think it it is so much about education and, and the traveler being aware of, of what to ask for, how it impacts them directly, and then being super connected to the destination and the community and and that comes from offering really meaningful experiences where you get to actually connect with community which then ties in that social part where you know then we're having this very different type of experience connection it's then stepping into benefiting the cultural preservation and all of those things so um i i really love that idea of empowering the traveler in this kind of, in this vision. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we, we all have a role to play. I mean, destinations should be telling their stories and it doesn't need to be overtly a sustainability story. As you said, it's tell your genuine story, like tell about your reef system. Like, why is this such an important, you know, piece of global heritage that we all have that we can come and visit. Like, why is this important? Why is it important that you wear reef safe sunscreen? Oh, because that other type of sunscreen will hurt this really awesome thing that I'm coming to see and experience. Like it, we just need to be telling genuine stories. And I think in the past, there's been a hesitancy to say anything that might make the traveler uncomfortable or, or turn them off. And I think that that's, changing in a way. I think there's a realization that you can provide this education without it being this, you know, over in your face, don't do that type of thing. You can frame it in a way that's just telling, telling your story, telling the destination story, and that enriches the travel experience, just being honest about what the authentic experience is. I think it's really exciting. And, and the same goes for businesses. I mean, whenever you're selling a trip, you want to be telling about what the unique nature is of the place that you're going, what the unique things you'll experience there are. And those, those um, offerings can very easily evolve into why, what makes this special? Why is it important that we protect it? And here's how you can help. It's a very natural evolution. And I think we're seeing a lot of destinations and businesses get better about telling that story. Um, But we're also seeing um, more travelers request it. They're wanting to know this information. And a lot of travelers say they would be willing to, you know, choose a sustainable experience over a non-sustainable experience, but they don't know what to look for or what to ask for. Uh, And so everyone is sharing a little bit of the responsibility and um, I'm excited to see where we go. I think, I think we're getting there. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of kind of uh, transparency and vulnerability. I think these are like themes that are just kind of going across all, all formats right now in, in media and in writing in, you know, in travel, in business, like people really, like you said, want to know the story behind everything. They want to see the truth. They want to be told what they're really getting and they don't necessarily want the shiny thing that they used to want. They're okay now with like understanding the good and the bad of something and really just knowing the truth because it it feels more real and you can connect to it in a different way. And so I, again, think this segment of the tourism industry is so poised for, for sharing that because we all come at it with this deep love of people and planet and 
all we kind of have ever wanted to do is tell the story. That's like why we're here. We, we just want to share that story with everybody else. And so um, I, I think, again, that it really shows that the stage is set for this to be able to happen. Absolutely. I, I would normally ask kind of what travelers would be seeking from experiences in the future. I think we've covered that, but is there anything else that you, that we haven't really talked about um, that might be unique to this, to this um, topic of sustainability and what travelers really might be looking for or um, how travelers can make more sustainable choices if we can kind of outline some easy steps like you you mentioned they might not know what they're looking for or what to ask for yeah absolutely so the way i always think of it as a traveler is anytime i'm going somewhere i'm not picturing it as a destination i'm picturing picturing it as a place where people live it's someone else's community so if i'm going to visit someone else in their home how would i want to treat you know this this place that is not my own how would i treat it with respect um, so I always think about that and just kind of what are what are the kindest decisions I can make? What are the, the best decisions I can make um, going into planning a travel experience? So one of the things I consider is how am I going to best vote with my dollar whenever I travel? So one of the issues with mass tourism is that a lot of money that you think you're spending on a trip and a destination is actually being spent by through a multinational company. And a lot of that money leaks out of the actual community that you're visiting. So one of the things I try to do is to either book a stay at a locally owned hotel, um, if possible, if you feel more comfortable staying in a, a chain hotel, um, that's fine as well, but do some research on what their engagement is with the community. Are they engaging with the community or are they putting up a wall and saying, you know, the community cannot pass this barrier and, and you shouldn't interact with them? Like, don't engage with the community. I mean, that that is something that you can think about, like, what type of experience do I want to have and what kind of world do I want to help create through the decisions I make here? So if you're voting with your dollars, spending money on, you know, local Local restaurants where they're serving locally grown food, um, where they are serving, um, where the seafood, for example, is um, caught within season. And a lot of destinations are getting really good about having programs like that. You know, this is sustainably sourced, this is sustainably caught, farm to table, etc. Um, so trying to spend locally as much as you can uh, when you're looking for a tour guide, um, trying to book with someone who actually is from the place uh, and can tell you about what their experience living there is. Um, if you're booking through an international tour operator, that's awesome. Um, try to find a tour operator that works with local guides uh, on their trips. And overall, just look for anything that a company that you're trying to book with can tell you about how they engage with the community and what their sustainability story is. Because if they're are, if they doing something, they should wanna tell you about it. And if they don't tell you about it, feel free to ask. I mean, they should be able to give you information if you request it. And at this point, we're looking beyond towel reuse programs. Uh, we need to see some deeper engagement, you know, with how they're helping to protect the, the things that make their destination special. So those are just a few things. Um, one really cool thing that's come out during COVID is um, the Transformational Travel Council's Transformational Travel Journal. And I know, Christine, that transformational travel is, uh, you know, an area that that's you're really passionate about. And I have a copy of it here, but um, the Transformational Travel Journal helps you prepare yourself for travel and walks you through the travel experience and a reflection period to really learn from your experience. So it does help you really use your travel as a way to, to tap into your heart, essentially. Um, so it helps you understand how you plan for your trip, how you engage while you're there and how to think through the experiences you've had and what you can learn from that. And I think that's really powerful. Um, people are are really looking for those intentional experiences, and and something like this um, didn't necessarily exist before. I mean, travel was 
very fun, of course, and there were certainly tour operators um, that were promoting this kind of travel experience, but this can help you use this type of lens on any travel experience you have, just thinking that through and, and learning as much as you can from it. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for bringing that into the conversation, because I, I think that really is how we can create awareness, whether it's around sustainability or whether it's just around what you want out of a travel experience. And that in itself is going to have you seeking something different. It's going to be asking you to be more invested in your experience and then expecting more of it in return. And I think when you go into it with that mindset, then you become engaged in the experience in such a different way where you are more of a guest, like you said, of a destination instead of someone coming in entitled to have a certain sort of experience. Like you're really owning your part in the experience. And I think just that, that simple shift in how you're thinking about travel is going to create a, a huge impact in the way that you do travel. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think that could be the most simple thing a traveler can do is say, what, what do I want from this travel experience? And what do I want this travel experience to create? And, and then, then you're opening the door to sustainability and environmental protection and conservation and um, cultural connection and all, all of these things, because when you really know what you want, um, you're going to, you're going to bring it into your own experience. Absolutely. And we do have a responsible travel tips page on our site. If, if travelers are interested in, you know, more specific actions that they could take pre during and post their trips, um, that might be helpful as well. And I will just mention quickly, um, certification I mean, certification for sustainable tourism, um, has gained a lot of traction in recent years, but it can be really confusing for consumers because there are so many different labels and it's impossible to tell, you know, the difference between them, what each one means, et cetera. And the global sustainable tourism council is a great resource for that. Um, they, they, the best way to explain it in layman's terms is sort of they certify the certifiers. So the Global mm -hmm. Sustainable Tourism Council has this really robust list of criteria um, that go into um, a sustainable destination or um, sustainable business. And they've looked at all the certification programs. And if the certification program meets these international best practice criteria, then that um, certification program is listed on their website. So you can you can easily tell you know, if you see a, a certification label, if it is meeting international best practice standards. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that, because I, I think that is another hesitancy that people have is they, they're just not sure who they're asking. And, and it's really easy to see if someone has a stamp that they are providing a certain type of experience um, that you're you may be getting what you're asking for. But like you said, there's so many different sort of stamps that it can still be. Um, a little bit confusing. So it's really great to have resources like that that help to provide some clarity and point people in that direction. And like, once you start asking these questions, you do want to know where to go. So I think that's so valuable. And definitely ask um, the questions. Um, to be clear, not every sustainably oriented travel business will be certified. A lot of small businesses I know are doing awesome work, but they don't necessarily have the time or the funds or resources to invest into getting certified. So just just because you don't see a label on a website, that doesn't necessarily mean they aren't doing awesome things. So that's whenever you would research a little bit deeper and find out, you know, what they're, what they're actually doing. Yeah, that's such a valuable point as well. I know I also work um, with some companies in the fair trade um, realm and it's the same thing is that there's a lot of people that follow the principles and the practices but they can't afford to be able to to get the certification or in some instances even don't have the internet to be able to fill right. out the application and, um, so yeah it does not necessarily negate the work that they're doing and mean that it's not legitimate just because they don't have the stamp so and again that's where it gets a little blurry but I think asking the questions like you said is just so important and um, and, and knowing what's important to you and what you want out of that experience and making sure at least those needs are met. And then from there, as you grow and gain a larger understanding of 
what you want in terms of sustainability from your travel, then you can continue to ask more questions and to expect more out of your experience. Exactly. Um, well, as we end the, in the conversation, I would love to invite you if there's any other resources you wanted to share or how people can find out more about Crest or Future of Tourism Coalition, um, where can they find? find those resources. Yeah, so you're welcome to visit Crest at responsibletravel.org. We have lots of free resources on our website. Um, the Future of Tourism Coalition is preparing to launch a really exciting webinar series um, based on three key drivers um, for change as we come out of COVID and start looking at the future of tourism. So Crest and the Destination Stewardship Center will be hosting the first webinar and it will be on destination stewardship and stakeholder engagement and what that looks like in its many forms and destinations that have, have done this successfully, engaged their stakeholders and are stewarding their unique cultures and environments. So that webinar is March 25th. Uh, I would love for you to join us. Um, information will be on the Future of Tourism Coalition website this week, futureoftourism.org. Um, and then I would just encourage everyone, if you've been on really impactful travel experiences, um, especially with small businesses, seek out those businesses and see if there's a way you can support them because a lot of them are really struggling right now. And we, we talk with businesses every day that are trying to figure out how they're going to survive. And we definitely want them to be there for when tourism comes back. So if there's a place that you love or um, a cause that you feel really connected with, like now is the time to reach out and see if there are ways that you can help. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good, uh, a really valuable thing in this time. There's so many people that can use that support and even just that point of connection and, and knowing that you're still like thinking of them and, and um, know their value is, is going to go a long way as well to keep pushing forward through, through this time that has been so challenging. Um, well, I really appreciate so much your time. This has been like the highlight of my day. It's so fun to get to be fully focused in this space of conversation for a while. Um, yeah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Christine, my pleasure, anytime. Thank you for listening to Soul of Travel. I hope you enjoyed the journey. If this sounds like your community, welcome. I'm so happy to connect with you. You can find more about the ways you can be a part of the Soul of Travel and Lotus Sojourn community at www.lotussojourns.com. Here you can find out more about Soul of Travel and my guests. You can also find the Lotus Sojourns I Guide for Women, as well as my current book Sojourn, offering an opportunity to explore your heart, mind, and the world through the pages of books specially selected to create a unique journey. You can find me on Facebook at Lotus Sojourns and join our community, the Lotus Sojourns Collective, or follow me on Instagram, either at Lotus Sojourns or Soul of Travel Podcast. Join the Lotus Sojourns mailing list. I look forward to getting to know you and hopefully hear your story.